Welcome to another episode from our I Decided series. This series is dedicated to some people I know, some friends I cherish, and some clients that I've had the privilege of working with over my coaching life. All these people have one thing in common. They had an I Decided moment. A time in their life where they decided to plan a life they want to live in, or create a business on purpose. Today I have the privilege of sharing a conversation with Jasmine Allenson. First and foremost, Jasmine's highest priority is to be a great wife and a loving mum to their three amazing kids. Jasmine is married to Matt and they live in beautiful Lake Macquarie in the Hunter region of New South Wales. Jasmine and Matt work together in their business, Inspirability, and complement each other extremely well. Jasmine is an occupational therapist and her idea for Inspirability came several years ago when she felt that little tap on the shoulder to do something different in bringing education to children with learning difficulties and children with autism. Jasmine has a strong faith in God and she felt it was a call on her life to be able to pursue this idea. Jasmine graduated from university in Newcastle with a Bachelor of Occupational Therapy with honours. Jasmine worked locally as a paediatric occupational therapist for several years, then travelled to London to work for a year before returning to Newcastle. A short time after working with a close friend, Jasmine had a burning desire to explore a new approach to treatment for children with different learning styles and special needs. Jasmine has always had a, held a special passion in her heart for children with autism and sensory processing disorder and completed extensive research into these areas. She's, an, she's a passionate advocate for understanding children's sensory needs uniquely and helping them to have a well-regulated sensory system as a foundation for, in, for engagement in learning activities. Jasmine often works close, closely with preschools, with schools and families to help them understand how their children are processing the world around them and then help provide strategies to help families overcome challenges. Jasmine is an accomplished composer, singer and pianist who enjoyed teaching singing and piano to many students over 10 years while she was in high school and university. She sings and plays regularly at her church and enjoys writing her own songs. Jasmine even wrote and performed her own wedding song and this has been used by several other couples as well. Jasmine has always loved business. Even as a child she had an entrepreneurial mind and an entrepreneurial flair. Jasmine launched her business six years ago and has enjoyed gradual but strong growth ever since she started. In the last six years, Jasmine has grown her team from just being a sole trader, just as one, through to a team of 15. In 2021, Jasmine opened a second location in Rathmines on the west side of Lake Macquarie with two additional therapy rooms. Inspirability has been well received in the community and formed strong connections with local schools, preschools and community organisation. It's a really special privilege for me to interview Jasmine as not only is she an amazing businesswoman, Jasmine is my daughter. Welcome Jasmine. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us today and I just wanted to ask you when or how did the first glimpse of inspiration come to you to believe in inspirability? When did it move from just a thought you had, or, you know, that's a great idea, to consuming your attention and capturing your passion? Um, well, I think for me that happened at a bit of a strange time in my life. So I had two kids, and my youngest was about 10-ish months old. 
and I was thinking about like returning to work again and I just started to think like if I was going to go back to work and be leaving my kids what would I want that work to look like and it yeah it just kind of began to I, I began to really explore that idea and think maybe this is actually something that I could do. I'd always loved music mm -hmm. and everything creative and I'd always been really interested in how I could combine that with kids with autism and so I just started doing some research into that. I found the other day some old folders that I'd set up on my computer where it had my first little spurts of inspiration and the research that I'd been doing. I think being at home with him and being up late at night feeding and those kinds of things just gave me a bit of brain space to think, yeah, where do I want my life to go now that I'm older, I suppose? Like, I'm a mom, I've got my house, like, now where do I want my career to go? Mm. Yeah. For those of you, for those of our, of our audience who may not know, what an occupational therapist is. Mm. Just briefly explain what, what is occupational therapy. Well, one of my favourite quotes, quotes from uni was that a physiotherapist will teach someone how to walk and an occupational therapist will teach them how to dance. So our profession is all about helping people to engage in things that are meaningful to them that might be a challenge because of some of the different ways that they operate in the world. So it could be that they physically operate differently to others, maybe they use a wheelchair or um, they use crutches, but it could also be that cognitively they operate differently, learning might be a bit more of a challenge, socially they might operate differently. So our role is all about supporting people to be able to engage in things that are meaningful to them and that allow them the greatest level of both independence and interdependence in life. So I guess we get the privilege of being someone that takes people by the hand and helps them to explore and find success in what has meaning for them. So that does mean our role can be very varied. It can be mm. anything from um, learning an instrument to having a shower to making a friend to going for a walk at the lake um, like it can be anything it's it's very client focused like it's all about the person that you're working with and what has meaning for them so share with me a little of your journey into this dance of life that you have with your clients as they negotiate learning and, and understanding and interpreting the world around them just prior to your uh, inspirability you had some children and you were starting but tell me where did you study what what did you learn over that time and and what was your experience prior to your own business um yes yeah, so i i studied occupational therapy at the university of newcastle and i always knew that i wanted to get into pediatrics because i just have always loved kids and been obsessed with spending time with kids and learning about kids and so I was so privileged to get a pediatric role that was one day a week. So four days a week I was working with um, really elderly people, which was also fabulous. And then one day a week I got this pediatric role and there were just 
no paediatric roles in Newcastle, the area where I live, and so I just felt so blessed, and I that kind of expanded. I went to live in London and I got a paediatric role there and learnt more about physical disability. Then I came back uh, and worked in paediatrics again in the field of autism. And so I was gaining my paediatric experience, which has been really foundational for me being able to open up a paediatric practice. But one of the things that I was seeing was my families coming in and saying to me, oh, we we tried this dance class, but we got asked to leave because our child was too disruptive. Or um, we really wanted our child to learn piano or guitar, but the teacher just didn't understand uh, the, that the approach needed to be a little bit different. Or it was going to take them a bit longer, or that they needed to get up and move around. And so the process just became too frustrating, and the child wasn't enjoying it. And I kept hearing this story coming across my path again and again and just really thinking to myself that that's, I didn't feel like that was good enough because I have such a passion for um, everybody having the opportunity to do what they love. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm someone who's got the skill set to do something about this. I've got the skill set to work with kids with the piano because I play the piano. I've been teaching singing for 10 years throughout school and university and piano. And so I thought, well, I could combine these two things together and create a pathway for children who learn differently to still be able to learn these skills and engage in it. Um, and then it's just sort of grown from there. So Jasmine, I just want to ask you, who was the first person that you shared your idea with and why did you share that idea with them? Well, the first person I think that I always share my ideas with is with God and I think I'm someone who um, has a lot of ideas and initially I like to think them through on my own and I hold them quite close to my chest but I will always talk about them with God because I believe that God loves me and that he has good plans for me and that he's going to be with me wherever I go and whatever I do. So it gives me a great sense of peace to know that I can rely on his wisdom and guidance and then move forward with ideas when I feel like I have that peace from him. And then Earthly speaking, um, I I just love to share with my family. I feel really blessed to be surrounded by a family that I can share my passions with. And yeah, I mean, I feel very blessed to have you as my dad and mum and my husband. And um, yeah, it's it's been a great blessing having such wonderful people surrounding me and pushing me on with my passions, asking me the hard questions and being there to support me, yeah, with all the ups and downs that come along with it, so. I think, I think we, we all have a real excitement around uh, seeing people's dreams come to fruition, but, um, but as a father watching your own three children uh, see their dreams to come to fruition is the most exciting thing of all. Yeah, and, and we've had the privilege of being able to share this idea right from the beginning, right from conception. Yes. And it's been incredibly exciting uh, watching your journey 
uh, develop and and a privilege for me to be on that journey. Yes, so. definitely. And I mean, that kind of, for me, I think having a coach, which you are, my business coach, was the like right at the top of the list for me. And it would be a huge piece of advice that I would give to people who are thinking of starting their own business because it gives you someone to help you be accountable to as a business owner. And if you can find a coach that has um, experience on the journey of being a business owner themselves, they can see things into the future that you can't see yet and they can help to plant the seeds and just, you know, provide, I think like I'm steering the ship, but that coaching is just like a wind, you know, in the right direction. It's just something that helps to push you forward on a course in a way that's going to be really beneficial. So yeah, first little tip of advice for anyone listening would be to find a fantastic coach and um, have someone that's your partner on the journey. Um, what advice did you receive that really impacted you in those first first few months, those first few ideas? What's some of the snippets that you remember that really became some guiding principles for you? Mm. The first one that comes to mind is at a time when I was ready to give up and I'd been in business for I think a year and a half and I was really struggling with that switching off and feeling like business was taking over all of my mind space and my time and I didn't have a really good harmony in my life of all the things that were important and I remember I called you and you said to me because I said does it ever end like does it ever just calm down and is there ever a point that you reach where you just don't have to think about it anymore and you can tick every box and I remember you said to me no <laughs> It doesn't. And uh, it really, at the time, it kind of made me think, oh, well, if it can never end, then I don't want it. Like, it, it felt like it pushed me even closer to the giving up. But it was a really realistic standpoint that I now understand. And I'm glad that you spoke the truth to me in that moment. Rather than trying to make me feel better, you, you told me the truth. And then we were able to work on strategies around creating harmony and switching off and having a good balance of things in your life and recognizing that that harmony is not always the same. Sometimes it can be um, that you do need to put a bit more time into work things and other times you're putting more time into family. So I think, yeah, that I always remember that moment as being really good advice. And... I think one of the other things I really like has been thinking about goals as being clever, which is also one of the things that we've gone through together. The um, I guess it comes from the the age-old smart goals that you know we that I had heard of before, but clever goals the first um the first part of the acronym the c is about do you have the capacity for it mm. and that was something that i felt like when i was thinking about goals as smart was really missing is is do you as an individual actually have the capacity to do this at the moment and think of that as your first thing and then the l is for leverage so if 
you know, what what could you leverage in your life to create capacity if this is something that you really want to do? So I've loved using Clever as a goal-setting tool and I think it's been much more holistic thinking about me not just as a business owner but me as a mum and me as a wife and me as a person of faith in my church and um, being much more holistic. For, the, for just for our audience for a minute, the, the acronym of, of CLEVER is a C-L-E-V-E-R, which stands for Capacity, Leverage, Enlargement, Vision, Excitement, and Review. If you want to know more about that, you can definitely contact me. So your goal, it moved to the next level. It's just gone from a passion to an idea. So tell me some of the highlights of your journey and, and some of the things that you've discovered as you've taken this journey of inspirability for your life and, uh, and how it's kind of shaped you as well as you've shaped this business and uh, where you're at today. Well, I think um, a couple of highlights have been employing my own staff. That was a really big thing on my mind. It felt really scary to employ that first person because I held this vision and this passion so um, close to my heart and it's a very big trust thing letting someone else into that and it's been a learning curve uh, of how do you share your own heart and your culture and your visions with people effectively so that they carry that into whatever they do and it has been a highlight for me to see my staff take on that vision and make it even better than what it could have been if it was just me. Mm. And I think that that's been a humbling thing to see as well, that if you can find the right people and entrust them with that, then it can grow even larger than it could with just you as an individual. And I think another highlight for our family has been that before we started the business, my husband was a chef, so he worked... Um, lots of weekends and nights and I really missed him and the kids really missed him so he was actually able to take on a role doing some you know administrative work for us and be trained up in that and now he's actually our office manager and he does such a, fant a fantastic job of that and it's interesting to see how the chefing skill set really has flowed over well into the administrative role and I just love getting to work with him all the time and something that was my passion has become our passion and yeah seeing him making a difference in that and also being getting to spend weekends with our kids and yeah so personally that's just been a really great outcome of it and it kind of makes me think back to sitting at that desk with my 10 month old on my hip you know trying to figure out this dream and thinking that I'd never thought that that is something that would come out of it. It's just been the biggest perk of it all. Yeah, I mean, seeing the kids come in through our doors and the joy on their faces, the connection that they have with their therapist, celebrating every little win and things that they achieve, getting to be there for them in the really hard moments and for their parents when there's tears and we're crying together because it's just hard. 
all of those things are, are huge like milestones and all of them matter to me and I just feel like every day I wake up and I'm just happy to go to work. I love what I do so much. Yeah, I love that we get to serve so many beautiful children and their families. Are you able to just share some of the little breakthrough stories that you've seen with individual clients? Yeah, for sure. I have a, a client myself and this year we've been working on her being able to eat fruits and vegetables because one of the things that can happen with children with sensory processing difficulties is uh, around food is that they might only eat one texture or one color of food because that's all that their body feels comfortable with. And this was the situation for this little girl. So we worked um, together for a good six months on expanding her diet and now she's able to eat uh, she'll try anything which is huge and she's introduced a whole range of fruits and vegetables into her diet and, and she's almost able to dress herself to get ready for school now which at the start of the year she couldn't dress herself at all she's learnt how to make her bed I've got another um, 19 year old client who I work with who's completely non-verbally communicative so he uses a communication device and for the first time in his life he's been able to use his communication device to tell his mum what he likes and what he doesn't like and for any parent you can just put yourself in that situation where you've known your child for 19 years and you've they've never been able to say yes I like this no I don't like this and now he can tell his mom what he does and doesn't like which has just been incredible for her and he's also mastered making his own lunch over lockdown we've been doing um zoom sessions where he's been able to make a cheese and devon sandwich for the first time so uh, there's just so many more stories like that as well from kids who we do the whole journey of them learning how to speak from coming to us at four, being completely non-verbal and leaving it, not leaving, but being with us at seven and now they're able to communicate through sentences and yeah, we have stacks of kids who have learnt to play instruments, even kids who you would think it wouldn't be possible for them, but I guess that's our mantra is that there isn't, we, we don't look at things and see impossible, we look at things and see how can we make this happen, mm. yeah. I remember at one of the annual concerts that you have uh, a young man playing the piano. Yeah. And uh, and just his sense of pride in being able to do that. But this, does he compose as well now as well? Well, we've got several kids in our at our clinic who are very musically talented, even though they might have a lot of other challenges in life. Um, so this one little boy is an amazing musician he's incredible at the piano he can listen to anything on an ad on a YouTube video and just go and sit down and play it at the piano straight away and we've got another little boy as well who can play the ukulele the right way up and upside down and he also plays the piano and the drums and no one's ever taught him the drums he's just learnt how to play them from watching YouTube clips and he's incredible at playing them and, and I just love finding this gold in kids where there's so much talent 
and they, they're doing things that other kids their age would never be able to do and just getting to bring that to the surface and celebrate it because it is incredible. Yeah. And also now the practice incorporates uh, speech pathology. Yes. So tell me about the journey into uh, to be the dual focus of, yeah. of OT and, and speech. Well, most children who we work with have both a speech and an occupational therapist. And so I really wanted to be able to have both of those things at the same place for families so that we could work really closely together and that made it easier for the family to have both of their um, therapists working under the one roof, communicating regularly with each other. It just creates a more cohesive experience for the family and it means that we can easily provide some of the strategies from the speech therapist and they can provide some of the strategies from the occupational therapist and then it all just flows much more easily for the child. So yeah, I just sort of started meeting speech therapists who had similar passions to me and I was able to just <laughs> encourage them to come on board <laughs> and be part of the team. So So this integrated practice now has has two locations. Yes. In in Warners Bay of Lake Macquarie in the Newcastle area mm-hmm. uh, of New South Wales, Australia, and then now out on the west side of the lake mm-hmm. at Rathmines. So that's growing you locationally and, and the ability to be able to serve more. Mm. Tell me some of the challenges and thoughts mm. that were going through your mind as you as you look to the next location and expansion. So well, some of the challenges that went through my mind before this expansion were, yeah, it's just always a risk. Like you're putting yourself out there more. You're trusting that the processes that you have are going to work on a bigger scale. So yeah, that that's that's always on my mind that. Um, our, our policies and our processes and our practices and the things that we do are so foundational and they have to be a strong foundation so that we can grow on that. And I think as you grow, any cracks or shakiness in that come to light and you have to be willing to go back and review those things so that you continue to have a really strong foundation for growth. I mean, I think personally one of the things that's been a challenge for me is learning how to manage managers rather than just manage my team. And as I look toward any further expansion, I feel like that's something that I have to grow in more is, yeah, managing people that are then managing the team who are actually doing the face-to-face service provision. And it's like what I was saying before about the heart. Sometimes you can feel like, or I can feel like, that I don't want the heart to be lost if I take myself out of the, the picture. But what I have to learn is to share the heart effectively and choose the right people and then trust them to to carry and enlarge the heart of what we're doing. So I think that's what what I'm going to be studying and learning about more is how to do that effectively. Yeah, because I feel like all the practical things like buildings and finances and 
resources and, and things like that, they're things that you can just sort out if you have enough time. But the real, the why you're doing something, the heart and soul of it is something that is so important to me that I never want it to be lost no matter how big or small we were that is that is it and if we lose that then that would be devastating to me so yeah you, you shared earlier that one of the greatest challenges that you had was kind of finding that harmony between personal and professional mm. life uh, and that is a that is a challenge working with a lot of um, mm. female business owners that I've I've observed and tried to help them navigate. You know, is that that blend between personal and professional life and find harmony in that mm. and inspiration in that as well. What's another professional hurdle that you had to jump that kind of seemed a little insurmountable when you first looked at it, but now you're on the other side of it. What have you learned from it and why, why are you glad that it didn't stop you? Yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind there is the first time one of my staff quit. Mm -hmm. That felt like something I was so afraid. I was afraid to hire someone just because I was afraid of the point in time when they would resign. And I feel like once I got through it, I realized that it actually wasn't going to derail everything. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of needed it to happen just so that I realized that actually we could survive that. And I think I was just so afraid of disappointing our clients. I know how important relationship is for clients and when they've opened up and they've trusted somebody and then that person leaves, that's hard for families. They have to start again and rebuild a relationship. And I, I, because it was something that I was frightened of, I just put a lot of time and effort into learning why that person left and if there was anything that we could have done that would have made them want to stay. And also a lot of time and energy into how do we smooth that process for families so that it causes the least amount of disruption possible and they feel as supported as they possibly can through it. So I guess once it happened, I just took it as a learning opportunity to figure out as much as I possibly can to make sure the next time it happened, it was a, an even better experience. And of course I'm, yeah, of course I'm happy that it didn't derail me. Like, I've realised now that that is something that's going to happen and it's just something that you have to be prepared for and have a plan in place for and, yeah, just do the best that you can. I think one of the things I've learnt over time is to be less hard on myself and to realise that I can't be all things to all people and do everything perfectly all the time. But if I'm willing to learn and I'm open to hear from people, then that's the best that I can do is mm. to keep on being willing to learn and change and grow because I, I can't be perfect. So give me a, a picture of, of where you're at now. What What's a, a passion that's still percolating inside of you that you'd love to see open up into the future? Mm -hmm. So where we're at now is we have two clinics. We have eight therapists, 
three admin and two therapy aides. We have employed a community outreach therapist whose role is to provide free services in the community. We've started with doing that to preschools and schools where we've been providing screeners to help parents and educators identify children who are struggling early on so that we can provide early intervention before they get to school. And we also have opened a product range side of our business as well. So we have over 150 products that we now provide to families. We have an online store. So I'm excited to have different streams of operation going on. And I think one of the hugest passions of my heart is really that community outreach side of things. So making sure that we are leaving a lasting impact in the community that really benefits people who learn differently, children who need extra support, and making sure that we are strongly advocating for thoughtfully inclusive environments where those children have a strong sense of belonging and where all children accept all other children and we raise a generation of children who just love other kids for where they're at and accept them for who they are and want their all other children to be a part of their lives. I think children are very naturally loving and accepting and we just want to continue to grow that through that whole generation. So yeah, I think it's sort of more of an advocacy role. And yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing for me is that I love my team so much. I love the staff that choose to spend their lives working with inspirability to achieve what we're achieving. And I just want them, I want their jobs to be the happiest jobs they've ever had. I want them to feel loved and supported and that their dreams are coming true within this role. And I feel like as I step more into that management side of things, it gives me more time and space to just explore ways that that can happen for them. And, you know, and our staff are very happy, but it's just always on the front of my mind, just appreciating the gift that they're giving Inspirability by using their time and talents to help this dream be achieved. Yeah, that's beautiful is to, yeah, one of the advices, pieces of advice that I was given when I first started business was to make a living and make a difference. Mm. And I watched that across what you do with Inspirability. And uh, you're an outstanding businesswoman and you're achieving great results and you are making a difference in many people's lives. It's exciting to watch how you're growing as a person and a businesswoman and how you're growing the business out and potential for the future is, is truly amazing. So one day, this life that we now live, one day it will, it will pass and our our life will be reduced to a sentence and maybe a paragraph. And, and I ask each of the people that I interview this, uh, with this, um, when this happens, what would you like that sentence or paragraph to say? Yeah, I was having a think about this. And I think the two most important things to me would be loved God, loved people. That's a good line. <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> and I see that written across your life uh, now. So it will definitely be an evidence and a legacy that you leave for, for many years to come. 
Thank you, Jasmine. Thanks for our time together. Thank and you. And I wish you all the very best in every part of your business. Thank it's you. It's exciting to see what you're doing. Thanks so much.